And here we are back again for another episode of the Auto Trader Podcast. My name is Wandi Lesishi, once again joined by George Mini. How was your weekend, George? Yeah, Wendy, how's it? It was uh it was good. Um uh if you're talking about last weekend, that is. Um <laughs> why I, last weekend and not this weekend? Uh because technically when we're recording now it would be Well, it's I mean, it's towards the end of the week. So I suppose yeah, last weekend. Yeah. yeah Last weekend, yeah, the weekend gone by. The one, the one, the one that's just <laughs> the one we just had. <laughs> yes, the one we just had. I was like thinking to myself, when does this, when does this show air? And I'm like, okay, am I going to predict the future? No. So uh, so I went to go and fly my um, uh, my airplane. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, did a couple of rounds around the cabbage patch. Yeah, um, that's always nice to do. Um, but uh, but other than that, no, pretty chilled. I did some gardening, and I'm getting used to just gardening as a. As a young man, and yeah, I'm, I'm starting to enjoy it. Might be my new thing. Green Might fingers? just get you a, uh, like a little plant. Uh-huh. Who knows? Anyways, in today's uh, episode, we, we are doing the Electric Avenue episode. And it's going to be a little bit different because I'll be asking you about your experience of owning an EV for the past year. We're then just going to get into talking what uh, EVs have done or how they've changed in the last, uh, I guess, nine months since you've gotten your iPads. And I think you've driven quite a few then. So I think we'll get you know some great insights there. And then lastly, we'll just jump into this new fuel and ESCOM woes that we're feeling and how it's impacted any EV owner. Well, I think, I think I've driven every EV in the market. Um, I think you have, yeah. yeah. I think I've driven every, every EV in the market at the moment, and except that's why for this, this one, one, which I'm taking home today. Correct. And I think that's why it's going to be interesting because now we'll know what do the new uh, gen EVs feel like compared to the older ones. So I, can, I can already tell you from, from driving uh, a couple of them versus, uh, versus my iPace. Yeah. So... I'm looking forward to it. But let's just kind of, let's unpack. So at the time when you bought the EVs, there was kind of five on the market. I think it was the, the I-Pace, the Mini SE, the BMW i3, the Porsche Taycan, and then the Nissan Leaf, which was secondhand. Not sure if you drove that one. I have not driven the Leaf. That's correct. So that's, I bet this is ten year, a 10-year-old EV, so I don't think we should consider that one. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've been inside the Leaf, but, uh, but never driven it. Yeah. It doesn't, nothing inspires me to drive it. And when you first got your iPace, what were you ex- like your expectations coming into an EV? Well, I, I was fortunate enough that um, before I bought the iPace, about um, probably about a year before I bought it, mm. uh, I, I got I got to drive it for a for a for a week. Yeah, and uh, I instantly fell in love with it. Um, yeah, that particular iPace uh, I fell in love with straight away so so and then and uh, that, the, the iPace was actually one of the first ones I drove in South Africa um, and then everything else was kind of was kind of a, was it, that, no? yeah I was benchmarking to that which is which, which is slightly unfair because because the iPace is um, you know 90 kilowatt hour battery yeah. it's uh, it's a really quick car um you know the, the the build quality is is good it's a jaguar uh so so everything else i drove except for the porsche taken yeah um didn't quite compare would you say that at the time when it came out it was definitely if you consider value price uh, range and experience you think it was the best place to be as someone who's trying to experience what an ev is like 
The iPads, definitely, mm. most definitely. Uh, you know, the, I mean, the, the downside, as we know, is the price point. Yeah. Um, you know, you you don't get a uh, a vehicle like that um, at the magic number of under five hundred thousand rand. Maybe For sometime sure. in the future when the when the second hand car prices drop. But uh, but I suppose you know that was the downside of driving that particular car first was it set a very high benchmark. So nine months later now, you've kind of experienced the I-Pace and you've driven essentially, let's, let's start with these five. Um, would you say that what people believe in EV, or let's take your, your experience. Do you believe that your expectations met, were met when you drove all of them or was it very different from car to car? Um, it was, it was very similar in terms of the EV characteristics. So the thing I loved about the BMW i3 was the futuristic look. The mm. iPace doesn't have that. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So the iPace still feels like a regular Jaguar. Yeah. Um, for sure. it, it, until you until it starts rolling, then you know it's an EV. Mm. Um, other than that, it just it, it still feels like a like a Jaguar. Um, um, although the iPace was designed from the ground up as an EV, it's not a retrofitted uh, yeah. uh, EV. The i3, on the other hand, was very much futuristic you know the, the the interior of the car is um uh um is made of uh um eco-friendly material yeah. um the car looks futuristic for sure yeah. um, i mean i'm actually sad that they're not going to make it anymore but it's going to be bigger and better things you would only hope and assume well i mean and then later on i got to drive the uh, ix40 yeah <clears throat> coming into that so at essentially now in 2022, I think there's going to be 13 new EVs that are essentially going to be available in the market. I'm not going to go through the first five, but essentially we got the, the Audi e-tron that's, you know, got two different variants, we've got the GT and the Quattro. Um, I mean the Sportback, sorry. Then we have the iX, which comes in two variants, the BMW i4, iX3, this beautiful car here, and then four different Mercedes-Benz, uh, variants. Are you anticipating any of these? Are you excited for any of these? Um, and I know you've driven Basically, all the BMWs are still coming out. Um, so uh, I'm excited for all of them. Let's yeah. kind of put it that way because, <clears throat> the, you know, I, 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 want to, I want to experience every single EV mm. that, uh, that comes into the market. So that's, that's my objective. And not necessarily to compare them with each other, but, but just to see as the technology advances, um, you know, what different features do the cars come with. Like <clears throat> I'll give you an example. The iX40, which is the, uh, well, I drove, I drove the, I drove the e-tron after the iX40, but I had the iX40 for a, for a week. BMW was kind enough to give it to me for a week. And, um, I drove it on a long, long, long distance drive to the middle of the free state. Yeah. I remember that. And that, that was an amazing, amazingly comfortable car. And very futuristic. I'd more, I'd say more futuristic than, uh, uh, than the BMW i3. Okay. Um, and, uh, and you can see that that car had been designed to be an EV. It's not a, it's not a retrofitted BMW, although they try to bring the, uh, the, the, the BMW, the essence of the BMW into sure. the, into the car. For instance, yeah. the grill with, yeah. with that self healing technology, yeah. but it's still got the kidneys. Yeah. Um, uh, but the technology in that car was just, something else initially when i first got into the uh the the, the ix40 nice. mm. i thought i looked at the menus um when i left joburg and i was like this is way too complicated mm. um there's too much information here but it's amazing what one's brain does 
after like a few minutes of kind of experiencing something? Well, I'd say a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not that Depending far. on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, after a couple of hours of yeah. fiddling with the car, I actually knew my way around that menu pretty well. So let's, I'm trying to be as honest as possible for anybody who's watching this. Would you say that, um, I guess the initial first five EVs versus the new ones, do they stack up to each other? Is a completely different experience? Yeah, the first generation to second generation EVs are totally different. Um, yeah, so um, even my Jaguar I-Pace uh, versus the new one yeah. um, is different in terms of the, the software. Mm. Um, the interior of the new Jaguar I-Pace is identical. It's mm. just uh, the software experience is different and, the f- and some of the features. It's um, kind of like you're stepping into a new time really. But in terms of the EV like driving experience is pretty much the same. Pretty much the saying. same, yeah. So it's all, it's all pretty much the same. I mean, I was very impressed with the Porsche Taken. Yeah. Um, the Porsche Taken felt like you were getting into a Porsche. So yeah, for sure. it didn't feel like you were getting into a futuristic car, whereas the iX40 felt like you were getting into a it's futuristic, futuristic car. BMW. Yes. Uh, whereas with Porsche, it felt like just felt like any Porsche. other Porsche. Yes. So, so that's why I kind of Porsche was Porsche. Porsche's, uh, Porsche's, uh, you know, is up there. You drive the 911 or any other Porsche for that matter. Yeah. Um, you know, it's exactly the, it's exactly the same when you get into the car until you switch it on. Yeah. Um, uh, whereas BMW was different. Um, yeah. and then, uh, and then the, the, the mini SE and the BMW, and the BMW i3, older generation, you can feel the newer ones are newer in terms of software, the way the screens are, the size of the screen, size of the screens are big, and, a big <laughs> deal. Getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's and that's a, it's a big outrageous. deal. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about your, uh, just to sum up this, this section here, let's talk about kind of how your life has changed since owning an electric vehicle. Has it even changed? Um, I never thought about power consumption like I think about power consumption, or should I say energy consumption, not power consumption, energy consumption like I think about energy consumption today. Never crossed my mind. Is it the same as how somebody who drives an internal combustion engine thinks about petrol, or is it completely different? Probably, probably f- 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 conserving fuel to a certain degree, yes. But but my 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 perception of energy management. Mm. And, and, and understanding the, uh, you know, energy production versus energy storage, yeah. not only with the EV, but also how does it get to the EV and what's the most efficient way to get it there? It's made your entire life a lot more sustainable, if that makes sense. It's kind of made you not necessarily change or convert to going solar, for instance, but it's made you think about these things a lot more. Yeah, I don't want to pay ESCOM. Makes sense. Makes sense. I don't think anybody does. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's my objective is, mm. is off the grid, um, yeah. to, to, to prove that it can be done. And it's really tough to do. You know, you, you sit in a, from a theoretical point of view. Yeah. Um, as an armchair expert. Yeah. Not really having experienced these things. And, uh, and people talk about, yeah, oh, no, I've gone off the grid. I've met a few of my own friends. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm off the grid. And I know what it takes to get off the grid. Mm. And uh, and I take a look at what they've installed. They're not off the grid. Yeah, there's there's quite a few things that you need to do to be completely fully. In order to yeah. be off the grid with an EV, yeah, you need at least a, a minimum fifteen kilowatt inverters. Yeah. Okay. Because your car is going to draw half of that just to charge. Okay. Okay. The other half is there to run your house. So you need at least 15 kilowatts. A single inverter, which today is somewhere between eight, uh, 7 and 8 kilowatts, yeah. is not going to be enough to charge the car and run your house. You're going to have to choose. 
speaking on this exact topic, I think in the EV road test you were talking about, I think you're speaking to Jason, you were saying that you can't just plug in your car into your your wall. Um, you're going to burn out your, your extension cable if you do that. So what are the five things, if you had to just do, you know, let's talk about five things that you had to unlearn and relearn about owning an EV, um, such as charging, how you can charge, what's the best way to do that? Well, uh, you know, like I said, power, power, energy consumption. So for instance, uh, a silly thing like uh, an extension cord. Yeah. Um, the, the, the cables inside an extension cord come in different sizes. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, half a millimeter, one millimeter, one and a half millimeter, uh, two and a half, up to two and a half millimeters. Okay. And, um, and, uh, the, 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 these cars, like this Volvo uh, P8, uh, um, XC40, XC40 recharge, um, um, the, these cars pull, um, three, it, through a normal wall socket, three and a half, three point something kilowatts at a constant rate. Okay. If the extension cable that you've plugged the car's charging cable into, um, is not equipped to pull that kind of power, mm. it's going to generate heat and then it's going to melt. And something's going to burn down. Has this ever happened to you? Or is this no. something that you were told very early, don't use an extension I was told cord. very early. Well, somebody put a video on the internet saying, don't use the mm. car's three-pin wall socket charger. Mm. Rubbish. Mm. They are designed to plug into a three-pin plug. Okay, So, so the, the charger that comes with the car that okay. plugs into the three-pin plug, they're designed not to overheat. It's the people that plug it into an extension, extension cord, cord that, goes that, into the, that goes into the wall that could burn their house down. Okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people, I, honestly, I assume that you can just, you know, I could be out at a bri or something and be like, hey, just pass me the extension cord so I can charge my car. No, no, you need a you need a serious a serious extension cord to to handle the uh, the power consumption of these cars. Um, another thing, I, another thing I learned was um, um, was the different energy draws at different uh, uh, places within mm-hmm. your life. For instance, most homes yeah. have got single phase electricity. Um, and single phase electricity, you can only pull that three odd kilowatts out of the wall unless you install a wall box charger and then your maximum draw is about 7.7 kilowatts. So if you've got a 90 kilowatt car, you can see it's going to take 12 hours from zero to full. Yeah. Okay. If you've got three phase on the other hand, like for instance, our building that we're sitting in here has yeah. three phase electricity, then you can pull up to 20 something kilowatt, uh, kilowatts at one time, which means you, you can charge the car within Four hours. A few hours, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot to unpack. I think a lot of people don't know this information and I'm glad that we're getting a little bit more of insights into this. But yeah, I think that, that kind of summarizes the first section of just kind of understanding what is your experience in the last nine months. Um, you know, kind of to summarize that, I'd like to know, it was it worth it? Do you think the switch to an EV was, was worth it? Is it something that you would change? Is it something that you wish you would have done differently? Um, I keep, I keep saying, and I've done this my whole life. Mm. Um, I probably spend more money than, uh, than, 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 um, I should. Mm. Um, and, and some of it is wasted on bleeding edge technology. Of course. But what that has done in my lifetime is it's, it's helped me learn. And yeah. this, this particular instance is no different. I have learned an insurmountable amount of, uh, of uh, uh, knowledge on, um, um, energy, how it works, um, how these cars operate, um, um, how much power they draw, how much power they use, their consumption, yeah. um, um, and then and then and then 
next door to that is uh, energy production and storage of uh, of your home. So, so I, I probably because I'm an early adopter like that of yeah. of, of technology, um, um, I've probably spent the premium prices on the car and the home installation and the prices are going to come down and I'm okay with that because for me that was school fees for sure no I understand it makes sense I mean also I think it's important to understand that different EVs are going to give you different experiences um, of those experiences the one that kind of stood out um, in the last nine months one car or one experience let's talk about both this was there a specific car that I was like wow this is completely revolutionary or different and secondly was there an experience with a vehicle which was bizarre so the thing that stood out across all the EVs for me is um, when I went to the States many many years ago I um, I, I, I in, engaged or interacted with the uh, with the first ever Tesla yeah um, went to one of their showrooms and uh, and had a look at the car didn't drive it okay but because I've been in this world for uh, um, for almost two decades um, already, uh, cars and understanding cars is something that just comes naturally to me. And um, yeah. and then when I when I first got into uh, my Jaguar I-Pace, I noticed a stark difference in the build quality of a Tesla versus a Jaguar. Um, now I think Tesla has. Got to Probably that level of build quality, okay. yes. Okay. But those initial EVs, the, the Tesla um, particularly, didn't have the build quality of these cars. Like this Volvo XC40 that I'm gonna I'm gonna take after this. I'm looking so forward to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> I'm so um, you know, having you know, we 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 had it here a couple of weeks ago. We did, yeah. And uh, having a look at it, the build quality is high. So I think I think what the existing OEMs mm. <clears throat> their fortunate position is is their their level of build quality out the starting gates is good. Yeah, I mean, and, they're taking technology that's already been kind of developed, um, being tested, and, and putting it in, I guess, a package which people are used to already in terms of the quality. Yes. Um, so that that for me was the was the highlight. Was I I thought I thought. You know, Tesla was it mm. when it came to EVs, and I still think Tesla is it when it comes to EVs. Um, but uh, but I'm very impressed with the traditional OEMs and the build quality and the, and the cars that they've produced. They um, you For know sure. they've just got to get the volume game going with um, uh, with lower priced EVs. That's kind of the challenge right now, and mm. patiently mm. waiting because I think a lot of people want to get their hands on any EV at this mm. point. I saw a beautiful iX this morning and. Yeah, I've seen a few of them on the road now, There's which is very, very, very nice. Whilst we're still here on Electric Avenue, I think it's time to move on to the next uh, part of the show, which is talking about the increasing fuel price and a little bit of kind of the ESCOM wars. Um, it's currently loading again around the country, and I know that that for you is probably, as an EV owner, a blessing. Um, not a blessing that it's happening, but rather the fact that you've kind of made that jump. Do you feel like you've made a saving as a result on fuel? And on power, whether whether um, this uh, fuel problem, price problem at the moment uh, came or not, yeah, uh, the saving would have been there. Mm. So this just kind of exacerbates that saving. Yeah. Uh, you know, it costs me if I had to kind of equate it down to rands and cents, it costs me less than 180 rand to fill my iPace. Yeah, um, and I'm using 20 percent of the battery a day. That's if I drive. You know, with the hybrid working environment at the moment, I'm driving a lot less than I used to before COVID. But um, in saying that, 
So if I'm using 20% a day, let's say I use 20% five days a week, yeah. um, 20% of, uh, of 180 rand um, is I'm using 36 rand a day to drive. So there's, uh, I think there's, let's see here. So basically there is uh, an interesting, someone did some research, I think it was, it was Jaguar, who was looking at petrol, diesel versus EVs. Um, and they kind of did a comparison. Essentially, if you're using 30 kilowatts per hour, it's about 60 cents per kilometer. In that's, an EV. And that's overstated because my EV uses anywhere between 20 and 23 kilowatts per hour. So you Sorry, can kilowatts per hundred kilometers. less than 60 cents per kilometer, essentially. Yeah. That is insane. That is insane. I did see a video of a guy who owns a Tesla who was stating that he's, his Tesla is now paying for itself. And that's what you're saying. Eventually, at some point, the saving that you make on fuel will add up or equate to the, the price of the vehicle. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you've, the, 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 the downside is you've got to pay the money up front. So yeah. I've had to install the solar in my house. I've had to, um, I've had to pay for, uh, you know, a car at a price point that I would never have paid. Of course. Um, um, but I did that because of the bleeding edge. So, mm-hmm. so that you got to do up front and then you, and then you got to wait for the return because you're only saving it on a monthly basis, you know, mm-hmm. versus uh, fuel costs and electricity costs. Are you seeing more people driving EVs um, on the roads? Not as much as I'd like. Uh, I've seen one or two iX40s. Yeah. Um, I've not seen the uh, the Volvo yet. Um, uh, so I'd, I'd, I'd like to see more. Uh, and I would notice. Yeah. I would notice. I've seen a few. I haven't it's, seen, it's I haven't seen one iPace on the road. I haven't seen a new e-tron yet, but I mean, it's, it's brand yeah. spanking new. So we'll see um, in a few months if, there's only about 1,500 of them on the road at the moment, so it's really difficult in, in 12 million cars to notice an EV. For sure. Just before you wrap up, I just want to know, if you had to give OEMs any advice, um, what would you say to them to get more people to buy EVs? Everybody put pressure on the South African lawmakers to come up with those incentives sooner rather than later. Okay. In a positive way, not in a negative way. Um, put pressure on the lawmakers to, to, to get this done. I'm seeing the discussion happen everywhere. Um, a lot of people are more interested in EV content, consumers that is. But that price point is just the price point's still the problem. a fight. Yeah. Uh, the EV adoption will happen if we get these cars on average to be under 500,000 rand. If people want to see your journey with an EV, where do they kind of? Well, go to my Instagram account, uh, Instagram.com uh, forward slash George Mini, and, uh, and you'll find it. Put you on the spot there. That's all right. <laughs> That's pretty much all we have, uh, for today. Thank you so much for joining us again, George. I mean, we have this discussion every single week and, uh, looking forward to the next one. Me too. <laughs>